So when you hear that cry in the sky... Hi, folks. The program originally canceled for this time will now be heard. Better McGee and Molly. Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen. Ladies and gentlemen, after ten years, radio gets its revenge. We now present a program that will scare Orson Welles. <laughs> From Hollywood, Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, The Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind... There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you this fall. OTR Now, here is OTR Dad, read it still. Why'd I ever let that dame talk me into taking care of this baby? Well, ain't it about time she ought to be fed, please? I guess so. I took a swig of that stuff in the baby's bottle and it tastes terrible. I ain't gonna feed no baby none of that stuff like that there. No, no. Why, why are you gonna feed her, Miss McGee? <laughs> well, the newest thing for kids is strained vegetables and mashed bananas. What vegetables we got, Sil? Well, we got cabbage, onions, and baked beans. <laughs> well, when you get time, go strain them. Yeah. And mash a banana. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 baby. No, no, mustn't chewy on toesy. Better shut the door, Sil, so she don't crawl out. She sure covers a lot of floor without much effort. And so does Johnson's Glow Coat, the easy-to-use, no-rubbing floor polish that shines as it dries. Powerful. Hello, Fibber. Hello, Silly. Hi, Miss Wilcox. Well, that's Fibber McGee and Silly Watson taking care of a neighbor lady's baby, and this episode is from January 24th, 1938. Hey, everyone, this is OTR Rob welcoming you to Fibber McGee and Company. That's right, this isn't Fibber McGee and Molly, it is a show that was wedged in between Fibber McGee and Molly while Molly was recuperating and in the hospital. Now there's all kinds of certain claims as to what happened to Marion Jordan between 1937 and the start of the 1939 season of Fibber McGee and Molly. Suffice it to say, she was in the hospital for all that time, for nearly two years, and instead of canceling Fibber McGee and Molly, the Johnson Wax people still had enough faith in Jim Jordan to continue on with the show, which was a good thing because, if you may or may not know, during this time period, the Fibber McGee and Molly show was coming out of Chicago, not Hollywood, California. In fact, two weeks before Marion Jordan returned to Fibber McGee and Molly, the entire cast moved to Hollywood. Few people don't know this, but if you listen to the episodes, a couple episodes prior to Marion Jordan's return, you'll hear a couple of female characters on the show unidentified, and those characters turned out to be Marion Jordan. It's like she was getting her sea legs back as far as reading scripts in front of an audience, but she wasn't ready to come back fully as Molly of Fibber McGee and Molly. That during the time that Molly was not on the show, Hal Perry filled in the void, and he did that by playing two characters. One was a black person 
named Siliwatan, who you just heard, and the other one is Gui Fui, a Chinese friend of Fibber's. Both of those portrayals, of course, were inappropriate now, would be considered inappropriate now. And when Molly came back to the show, they used Hal Perry eventually as the Great Gildersleeve, or what would become the Great Gildersleeve. He would play other characters. He would play doctors, lawyers, and a couple of other different assorted professions, all with the name Gildersleeve, but he would eventually become the next-door neighbor of Fibber McGee and Molly, and he would be known as Gildersleeve, Throckmorton Philharmonic Gildersleeve. But I wanted you to hear what Fibber McGee and Molly sounded like when Molly was not on the show, and to give you the some kind of background as to why Molly wasn't on the show and what they did about that. And I didn't have a Fibber McGee and Molly for the middle of November of 1943, so I went back five years to 1938, and this was the time frame when Molly McGee was not on the show. So enjoy this Fibber and Company show, and hopefully I'll be back next week with a real Fibber McGee and Molly episode. And after this show, I will have Burns and Allen. When you walk on wax, you save your floors. The Johnson Wax Program, presenting Fibber McGee and Company. and his orchestra open the show with Fine and Dandy. understand why Johnson's self-polishing glow coat far outsells all other no-rubbing polishes combined. Glow coat is so easy to use. It never streaks or smears. Just apply a little of this remarkable liquid to your kitchen linoleum, give it 20 minutes to dry, and see the transformation. You can always have bright, sparkling linoleum and floors instead of dull, dreary floors if you use Johnson's glow coat, the no-rubbing polish that seals out dirt and stains and saves your floors from wear. Look for the attractive yellow can with the lettering G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat. This is the day Fibber has been waiting for. 
nothing to do but stay at home for a little rest and relaxation. All he wants today is a magazine and a good cigar. On second thought, it doesn't even need to be a good cigar. <laughs> so here in the living room at 79 Whisper Vista, with his Monday Man Friday, Silly Watson, we find Fibber Do Not Disturb McGee. <laughs> Nothing like a quiet day at home. Yeah, get me another cushion. Peel me an apple. Get me a chair for my feet. Prop the paper up on it with the help wanted ad facing me. Well, yes, sir. Can, can you read the word ad from where you're sitting, please? I don't want to read them. I don't want to read them. I'm going to sneer at them. I'll get it. McGee residents, if it ain't important, hang up. Huh? This is McGee speaking. Who? Oh, Sam Sagamore. Hiya, Sam. What you doing in town? Oh, you got your circus here, eh? Well, I'll come down and see it someday this week. Huh? No. No, I don't want no job, Sam. My circus days are over. You know that. Huh? I don't care how big a job it is, Sam. I ain't interested. I'm staying home to relax this week. You betcha. Okay, Sam. Thanks for calling anyway. Imagine that, Phil. Offering me a job with his circus. Come in. Oh, hi, Mrs. Fiddick. Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? Tell me, do you like children? Well, of course I do, Mrs. Fiddick. But uh, why did you ask? Well, I just got to thinking. Here you are right next door, and with your wife away, you must wonder what to do with your time. And I simply must go to the beauty parlor, and you get along so well with children. Oh, well, I didn't know. So mean... I'm going to let you have my little rose for a few hours. Won't that be fun? Oh. <laughs> hey, now, wait a minute, Mrs. Fidesz. I, I can't... Uh, that is, I got to... I don't know anything well, about... Well, just don't let her swallow things, and here's a bottle with her formula, but and you'll the... find everything you need in this shopping bag. Oh, no. You know, it isn't everyone I'd leave her with. Oh, I almost it. envy you, you lucky man. Oh. <laughs> Well, for the... Well, of all the... Hey, Syl. You know anything about babies? Yes, sir. When I was real little, I used to be one. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I mean, wh what are we going to do with this one? Huh? What they say? Kind of cute at that, ain't she, Sil? Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, look at them little toes, Sil. <laughs> ain't they cute? <laughs> this little piggy went to market. This little piggy hit the hay. This little pig was plowed under by orders of the AA. <laughs> this little pig was. Oh. I kind of look like pork. Don't agree with her, please. <laughs> hey, we better sing to her, Sil. You know any lullabies? Well, I just know only rock and rhyme my baby. <laughs> rock and rhyme. You mean rock-a-bye baby. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's try it. Rock-a-bye baby on the treetop when the Hey, Sil, you better be sure the windows are all closed. We don't want no drafts on this kid. Yes. 
Do we, Rose? Wow. No, I should say not. <laughs> sure. Huh? I, I didn't get that last. Oh, yes. <laughs> you betcha. You hear that, Phil? But can you understand that stuff, Miss McGee? Why, certainly. Every word of it. No, and you Why What'd she say then? She says she wants to hear Billy Mills play Whistle While You Work from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You hear that, Billy Mills? Da da. <laughs> About time she ought to be fed, please, sir. Oh, I guess so. But I took a swig of that stuff in the baby's bottle, and it tastes terrible. <laughs> I ain't going to feed no baby none of that stuff like that there. Yeah, no. Why, why are you going to feed her, Miss McGee, <laughs> Well, the newest thing for kids is strained vegetables and mashed bananas. What vegetables we got, Sil? Well, we got cabbage, onions, and baked beans. <laughs> well, when you get time, go strain them. Yeah. And mash a banana. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 baby. No, no, mustn't chewy on toesy. <laughs> Better shut the door, Sil, so she don't crawl out. She sure covers a lot of floor without much effort. And so does Johnson's Glow Coat, the easy-to-use, no-rubbing floor polish that shines as it dries. Powerful. Hello, Fibber. Hello, silly. Hi, Miss Wilcox, please. Uh, you know how to handle babies, Harpo? No, I don't. Uh, how old? One year. No. <laughs> Better look up the number of some good nursery in the phone book, Sil. We might as well learn how to do this thing right. Yes, sir. Come on, baby. Let's play patty cake, patty cake. And up on Uncle Fibber's knee now. Patty cake, patty cake. Doctor, lawyer, merchant, chief. When your mama comes home, it'll be a relief. 
Climber and creeper, bud. Oh. Have you got a little lattice for her? No, I ain't, bud. Uh, wait a minute. Hey, Sil. Yes, sir. Get the baby some lettuce. I knew she ought to have vegetables. Yes, sir. Hello, Chris. What else should she have? Have you taken any slips off her? <laughs> ain't been necessary yet. Oh, oh I see. Well, uh, uh, what's her color? Oh, kind of a pale pink. Say, bud, should we ought to keep Rose wrapped in a blanket? Oh, never, no. Too hot. Uh, an old piece of gunny sack is better. <laughs> gunny sack, huh? That's a new one. But then I don't know much about this business. Oh, is this the first one you've raised, McGee? Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> I started out the small, small way myself, yeah. The first year, I only had uh, 50. 50? Yeah. Now we have over a thousand. A thousand? <laughs> and I think I got trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are her stems good and straight? Stems? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, they're pretty short, but she ain't bow-legged that I can see. <laughs> now you're being funny, McGee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, are her stems nice and green? <laughs> now who's being funny? <laughs> the neighbors, but... Oh, I see. Uh, you got it from a neighbor. Yes. Not the nursery. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably just grew wild in somebody's garden. <laughs> You're kind of poetic, ain't you, bud? <laughs> Who ever heard of a baby growing in a garden? <laughs> a bit of what? A baby. A baby? Yes, a baby. Oh, no wonder. What you want is a day nursery. This is a plant nursery. <laughs> A plant nursery? Well, what's the idea of stringing me along? Say, I'm going to come up and call on you, bud. <laughs> yes? You betcha. Yeah, come up in the spring with the rest of the sap. Clark Dennis revives an old favorite, easy to remember. Your sweet expression... The smile you gave me, the way you looked when we met, it's easy to remember, but so hard to forget. I hear you whisper, I'll always love you, I know it's over, and 
hard to forget. So I must dream to have your hand caress me, fingers press me tight. I'd rather dream than have that lonely feeling stealing through the Maternity instinct, please. Oh, I don't know. Oh, now, what'll I do? What'll I... Oh, I know. Hand me the goldfish bowl, Phil. That ought to catch her eye. Yes. Yes, yes. Ah. You see, baby? See the pretty fish? Pretty fish? No, no, no. Don't look at me. Look at the fish bowl. Cutchy, cutchy, cutchy. Pretty fishy. Me, <laughs> See, Phil? I knew these would get her. Dad ratted. Hey, Phil, pick up them fish, quick. Put them in a saucepan or something. Just it with water or butter. <laughs> they ain't good to eat. Hurry up, Phil. Yeah, come on, fishy. Come on, let's get it. Get it, put your back at the firm again. Come on. <laughs> now, baby, was that nice? Slapping the goldfish out of Uncle Fibber's hand? <laughs> okay, I accept your apology. Dad ratted, why don't people... Hello. Who? Sam Sagamore? Oh, for the... Listen, Sam. For the last time, I don't want a job with your circuit. No. Besides, last time I worked for you, you give me a raw deal. Huh? Oh, you remember all right, Sam. I had my office in the hottest tent on the grounds. And you wouldn't even let me borrow the fan dancer between shows. <laughs> okay, Sam. And don't call me again because my mind is made up. You put them goldfish back in the water, Sil? Yes, sir. They were wriggling around real contented, please. I envy them. Their lives may be public, but they're peaceful. After we get rid of this baby, I think I'll dive in the bowl with them. Now, 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 now. Don't cry, baby. Here, here. Look at the nice watch. Ticky, ticky. You like that little old watch, please? Well, that's a girl for you. Pickle. Show them a new face and they go gaga. Gaga? <laughs> you hear that, Phil? Look, baby. Hear the watchy watchy? You want to take hold of it, please? Okay, but I'll hang on to the chain. I ain't no fool. Here, baby. Yes, yes. Hey, quit yanking. Hey, you bust the chain. Quit it. Oh. <laughs> now look what she's done. My nice new watch. Oh, well, I don't want to be cheap about this. Bring in the grandfather's clock in the hall, Phil. She'll get a big kick out of that. 
Hey, she must see what time it was, please. She looked kind of sleepy now. Say, she does, don't she? Uh-huh. Here, baby. Let Uncle Fibber rock you to sleep. There, there. Go to sleep. Sleep. Rock-a-bye, baby. On the treetop. As a substitute mother, McGee is a flop. When this row... Hey, look. Sil. She's asleep. Dad, don't answer, Sil. Uh, yes, you better, too. Maybe that's Mrs. Fiditch after the baby. Hello there, Sonny. How about a vacuum cleaner? Be quiet, old-timer. Me? What's he? I says be quiet. Take it easy. Speak up, Johnny. Got a cold? No, I ain't got a cold. I got a baby. Congratulations. Where's the cigar? That it, I ain't got any cigars. It ain't my baby. Me? I says it ain't mine. Now pipe down. Yep, five down and three a month. Put it on your light bill. How about a demonstration? It's the finest vacuum cleaner in the market. No, that ratted, I ain't interested. Now scram out the door. Slam the door? Okay, but it might wake the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Dead ratted sill, can't you do something to keep her quiet? Why don't you jiggle her on your knee, Miss McGee? Huh? Oh, that's an idea. Here, baby. You and Papa Fibber are going to have fun. Now. Ride a cock horse to Banbury Cross to Grandmother's house we go. With silver bells and three blind mice up on the housetop. Click, click. <laughs> Whoever wrote them things was crazy. <laughs> oh, you think so too, huh? Yeah. Sure. Well, let's try it again. Peas porridge hot. Peas porridge cold. A Johnson waxed floor will never grow old. Who did say this? Search me. Patty cake, patty cake, butcher's man. You save one-third on the large-size can. Harpo. Come out from behind that Davenport. <laughs> Can't you see we're trying to get this baby to sleep? Well, you'll never get her to go to sleep that way. Oh, yeah? Well, what do you know about him? Well, for that matter, what do you know about him? Who, me? Yes. Why, I was in charge of child welfare for six years in Peoria. Why, shucks, them little kids love me. They'd gurgle and coo every time I'd look at them. Cuckoo McGee, I was known as in them days. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha, sis. Cuckoo McGee, king of the kid cuddlers, cleverly correcting careless cradle conduct, coaxing and coddling cantankerous kids to consume cod liver, camphor, calamon, and castoria, and constantly consulted by cradle clients for clean-cut comments on calories and clothes pins, and classic consultant of kid clinics from Colorado to Caroline. <laughs> Ah, what do you think of that, baby?
snow and ice and sleet are plotting together to try to ruin the finish on your car, they'll never succeed if you protect your car now with a shining, tough coat of Johnson's Auto Wax. This superior wax polish will keep your car beautiful always. It will save you money in car washings and increase the trade-in value of your car. So don't delay another day. Wax your car the Johnson way. tired. Here, I try to get a little rest and somebody parks a baby with me. <laughs> Even so, Sil, I'm, I'm getting kind of fond of this little tyke. Well, maybe she'll behave for a while now so that I can sit down and have a smoke. Chuck, I've been keeping a stiff upper lip so long I can blow square smoke rings. Well, I hope that's Mrs. Fiditch. Come in. Oh, Nick the Popular. Hi, Nick. Hello, Peter. I am noticing those Parambasuner on the porch, so I'm coming in to see what I'm all about. <laughs> you don't mean Parambasuner, Nick. Perambulator. Well, sooner or later, it's the same difference. <laughs> How is it that you are having a little infantry, and I am not knowing something about you? In this, is this Cupid being brought with a stork in its beak, or are you adapting some little orphan fanny? <laughs> Neither one, Nick. One of the neighbors left it with me. Well, I hope you are not giving these babies too much trouble, Spitzer. As the trigger is bent, the tree will grow up and shoot somebody, you know. Well, don't worry, Nick. This is my last experience with babies. Ah, that is a very fine resolution, Fisher. And I hope you get stuck with it. Remember the old sayings, big maple trees from a little peanut is growing up. It ain't maple, it's oak. Sure, it is oak with me, too. So long, Fisher. <laughs> Here, Phil. Phil, put these dishes away. I'm so nervous and upset, I, I can't eat anything anyway. Uh, oh, what's the matter, baby? Here, watch Uncle Fibber juggle the plate. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Oops! Oh, oh. He liked that, Liz. Okay. Hand me some more dishes. Nothing matters now. Now watch, baby. Watch this. You don't have to juggle them, please, at the same time if you just bust them. Well, that's an idea. but fun. <laughs> come in, come in. Whoever you are, come in. What can I lose now? Sure. Say, is that your automobile out in front? Yes, it is, bud, but I... How do you fix for automobile insurance? Oh, I'm covered on everything. Oh, and that's but... fine. I just smashed into your car and ruined three wheels, the front axle, and the radiator. What? Why, of all... Dad wrapped it up. Please, baby. Please, be good to Uncle Fibber. Yeah. There. You came real quiet now, baby. Look, she kind of craved it as an old tablecloth. Oh, good. She can't hurt that any. Nice, fringy, wingy, baby. Nice. Look at Miss McGee. She pulled her to cover off the table. <laughs> Pick up that lamp. Quick, Phil. Pick it up. I got to blot up this here ripening before it ruined the rug. Oh, what did I ever do to deserve this? Oh, if that's Mrs. Fiditch, come in. McGee? Yes. Summon for you. Jury duty. Oh, <laughs> oh what a day. Of all the... No, 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 baby. Mustn't eat the cigar butt. No, no, no. Oh, hey, Syl, do something. I'm going crazy. I... Oh. Hello. Who? Sam Sagamore? How many times must I tell you I don't... <laughs> hey, Sam. What kind of a job is it? It is? 
After I've, what I've been through, it's a cinch. I'll take it. I'll be right over. You watch that kid, Phil. I can't stand this anymore. I'm taking that job with the circus. Well, what kind of a job is it, teaser? Lion tamer. Oh, sure. <laughs> Johnson's self-polishing glow coat makes dull, lifeless linoleum gleam like new while you sit back and take it easy. Well, it's true. You don't have to do a bit of rubbing or buffing when you use Johnson's glow coat. This labor-saving liquid polish goes on in a jiffy, makes your floors much easier to clean, keeps them beautiful and bright without floor scrubbing. If you have inlaid or printed linoleum, linoleum rugs, painted or varnished wood floors, be sure to protect them with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Oh, yes, remember, you save money on the larger sizes. Well, folks, we, we want to take this opportunity to congratulate Billy Mills and his orchestra for their swell music. And we want to thank Billy Mills especially for letting his own baby perform on our show tonight. Thanks very much, Billy. Well, that's all right. But if you don't mind, I've got to rush along and see the baby gets fed. Uh, come on, Billy, dear. Uh, who's that? That's the baby. That's the... <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night, Molly. To help fight infantile paralysis, please send one dime to President Roosevelt, the White House, Washington, D.C. We can lick infantile paralysis with the March of Dimes. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax at Racine, Wisconsin, and inviting you all to be with us again next Monday night at this same time. Good night. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. This is... Good evening, everybody. You are now listening to WLS, the voice of Prairie Farmer, America's oldest farm paper, Chicago. Hey, everyone, this is OTR Rob welcoming you to another edition of Burns and Allen. This episode is from November 16, 1943, and the guest star of the show is Walter Pigeon, and Gracie has an idea of getting Tootsie Bagwell, her girlfriend, married to Walter Pigeon because he's single. Anyway, uh, we'll get to the episode in a minute. Uh, this episode was pretty bad off. It had a lot of tons of bass in it, about 400% bass and about 400% volume added to it. And there was some kind of noise also running through the episode, so I had to remove all the noise, reduce the bass, and reduce the volume. I had to reduce the volume first before I could remove the noise, and I had to adjust the bass so it was so you could understand it. There's still some bass in here, but that's okay. And there was some surface noise that I also removed from the episode, so it's a lot better than what it originally sounded. And I'll let you hear what it originally sounded like in just a second.
Bill Goodwin, speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's pure as fine Castile. Well, it's Tuesday night again, time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen and their guest, the star of the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, Madame Curie, Walter Pigeon, with Jimmy Cash, Felix Mills, and his orchestra. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. That's what the bass sounded like. I mean, that's what the show sounded like before I fixed it. Now you get to hear what I did with it and how much better I think it sounds. So enjoy this episode of Burns and Allen from November 16th, 1943, with guest star Walter Pigeon. He, he is 
looking at my husband. Only he has blue eyes, white hair, and brown teeth.
young tenor Jimmy Cash and a new ballad that's rising in popularity when they ask about you. When I go for a walk and meet old friends we knew, we sit around and talk, then they ask about you. What's the good if I say that you and I are through? I tell them you're away when they ask about you. They wonder where Good day, Mr. Pigeon. Uh, don't hesitate to call me if you want to borrow an egg. 
that is a Gracie. The title of his latest picture is Madame Curie. Madame Curie. Oh, it was the thing. I left the door open. What is it this time? French. French? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Would the Yankee like to borrow my eggs? All right, Mrs. Burns, you win. Give me the eggs. There. Well, now that I've done you a favor, will you do a little favor for me? What is it? Drop over to the house and marry my girlfriend. <laughs> marry your girlfriend? Yes. Right now? Yes. You don't believe in long engagements, do you? No. Will you marry her? No, thank you. Well, that's gratitude for you. After pestering me all day to borrow an egg. Yeah. I, I did hound you, didn't I? But the answer is still no, even if you throw in a rasher of bacon. Well, Mr. Pigeon, won't you at least come over and eat good things? No, thanks. I, uh... Say, uh, is this, uh, Pitsy between the ages of 20 and 35? Yes. Has she had at least two years of high school? Oh, yes, at least two years in each class. Uh, I, I think I would like to meet Tootsie. Oh, good. Well, come for dinner at six o'clock. Very well, I'll be there. Oh, dear. With an extra dinner guest, now I'll need another aid. May I borrow one from you? Uh, oh, yes. I, I just happen to have one on me. Oh,
Leslie. Why did you invite Tootsie Sagwin to Walter Pitcher to dinner? Didn't I tell you not to annoy Pitcher with that broken-down dame? Didn't I tell you that Tootsie... Oh, George, please, remember your appendix. Well, your appendix was taken out for... Has been taken out for five years. Well, poor Tootsie hasn't been out for ten. <laughs> well, never mind. You're calling this dinner off. All right, if you don't want to sing in pictures. Tell Pigeon you... What, uh, what was that? Mr. Pigeon is coming over just to hear your voice. Oh, so that's it, huh? <laughs> Probably wants me to sing in one of his pictures. Well, sure, you have a remarkable voice. The kind that puts people right in the mood of your song. It, uh, does? Yes. Remember Bill's party you sang Leave Me and Love Me or Leave Me? Uh-huh. Well, while you were singing, I loved you and everybody else left you. <laughs> so Pigeon wants to hear my voice, huh? Well, okay, he'll have a chance to hear it. Come in. Oh, good evening, Mr. Pigeon. This is my husband, George Byrne. How do you do, Mr. Byrne? How do you do, Mr. Pigeon? How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Pigeon? How are you? house you have here, Mr. Burr. Oh, thanks. It's not very big, but we're crazy about it. Be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. <laughs> uh, may I uh, open a window? <laughs> now, see here. Uh, I'd like to light my pipe, but I don't want to get the room all smoky. Oh, that's it. Where do they go, those smoke rings I blow each night? All those smoke rings. <laughs> uh, happy little fellow, isn't he? Yes, he sings. He does? Oh, yes, I I got a special little number worked up. Would you like to hear it? Uh, well, swell, swell. Say, have you ever been away? Hello, folks. Oh, Walter Pigeon. Oh, yes. Walter, this is Bill Goodwin. How do you do? I'm glad to meet you. Sit down, Bill. I'm going to sing a little song for Walter. Oh, great, George. Say, ever heard George sing before, Walter? Uh, No. Oh, has a magnificent voice. Go ahead, George. Say, have you ever been away? Get that high note, Walter. Pure as a bar of swine. Swan pure as fine cat deals. Now, Bill, don't start with that. Tell him about Swan later. Oh, well, sure, George. Remind me to tell you later, Walter, about Swan being the new white floating soap that's four soaps in one. The soap for bathing the baby, for your own hands and face, or for dishes and light laundry. Four swell soaps in one. Bill, don't tell him about Swan. Now, wait till I finish my soul. Oh, well, sure, George. Go ahead. Say, have you ever been away? Water when he finishes this song. Uh, are you gonna hear something? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you why so many doctors recommend Swan for bathing the baby. Because it's so mild, it's kind even to a little baby's tender skin. And since Swan is so mild, it must be swell for your hands and face, your complexion. Look, Walter, do you want to hear Bill talk about Swan soap, or would you rather hear me sing? Uh, Bill, uh, I understand Swan breaks in two. Oh, no. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Walter. Swan does break in two, so you can put half in the bathroom for your hands and face, tub, or shower, and half in the kitchen for dishes and light laundry. Are you through? Yes. Now, if you open your yap once more, I'm going to throw you out. 
and every woman who is eligible should join. It's a fine way to share the experiences and adventures of her fighting brothers and friends who are now in the armed forces. Oh, all right. Tootsie can become a wave and a bride on the same day. Right. Well, yes. Now, let's eat before the ceremony. You don't want to marry Tootsie on an empty stomach. I certainly don't, or any other way. <laughs> well, you will before I'm through. As long as you live next door to me, I'll be at your house every single day until you decide to be more neighborly. Uh, well, in that case, Mrs. Burns, uh, I'd better run along. I, I have to get up very early tomorrow morning. Oh, really? Why? Uh, it's moving day again. <laughs> Goodbye. George and Grace will be back in just a moment. Friends, we have as our guest next week, lovely Loretta Young, and the following week, Charles Boyer. And now, before George and Gracie return, I've time to remind you that you can't be too careful when it comes to choosing the soap for your baby. So better think twice and choose Swan. Lots of doctors and nurses recommend Swan. They know it's pure, pure as fine Castile. And they know, too, that Swan is mild, so mild, so gentle, that it will not irritate your baby's skin. And look, it's just good common sense that if Swan is that pure, that mild, well, you just can't get a finer soap for your own complexion now, can you? Think it over. I'm sure straight thinking will lead you to Swan, the new white floating soap. Well, here again are George and Gracie. Ladies and gentlemen, our Navy has a tremendous job ahead of it. We women should be proud that we've been given a chance to do our share. The need for wave recruits is urgent. Every girl who is eligible and who is not now working in the war plan should talk about the wave with a Navy recruiting officer. Or she can write to Wade, Washington, D.C., and ask for a free illustrated booklet, The Story of You in Navy Blue. Do it now, without delay. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Remember George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS next Tuesday night. Now, until next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I swan, how about you? Good night. Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Rod? I'm fine. You look happy, Rod. I am. Today I was made honorary fire chief of Lima, Ohio. Well, bully for you. Huh? Uh, but tell me, chief. <laughs> you know what to do in case of a fire? Uh, do I? Just the other morning I woke up and I found my house full of smoke. What did you do? Well, let's turn a page and find out. <laughs> well, I didn't lose my head. First, I threw all of our valuable things from the upstairs window and then I ran all over the house looking for the children. Gee, did you find them? Yeah, they were out in the kitchen helping my wife, Georgia, scrape the toast. Does uh, Georgia cook for you? Huh? Does Georgia cook for you? Oh, yeah, she worships me. She puts burnt orphans in front of me three times a day. (laughs) Well, I think it's swell that you were made a fire chief, but uh, you better read up on the duties of a fireman so you won't be so embarrassed if you ever flash that fireman's badge at the wrong time. What do you mean? I used to be a rookie fireman. Ever tell you about the first fire I went to? No. Ever tell you about the last one? No. Same fire. (laughs) No kidding, I was a rookie fireman, and you should see what they make those guys go through. I had to climb a 200-foot ladder, and when I get up the top, they want me to jump in a net, you know? Really? You know it's harder to climb down a ladder than it is to climb up. <laughs> Some fire chief you are. Uh, look, wise guy, I'm a good fire chief. How do you think I got this honor in the first place? Well, you got it because this is National Radio Week, and yeah. station WLOK of Lima, Ohio, is mm-hmm. celebrating it by letting the youth of the city run their stations. Yeah, and it I'm... seems that these young radio executives decided to have a Red Skelton Day, and yep. so... You made you the fire chief. <laughs> Windy old bird. 
Well, there happens to be a surprise voice at the beginning of this Red Skelton show. Welcome to Red Skelton. This episode is from November 19th, 1948, and the episode is entitled Neighborhood Theater. And enjoy the show, and I'll be back next week. <laughs> and I gotta get a new microphone. I really do. Alan, the baby must have just arrived. I see the stalk is still here. I haven't heard a noise like that since Chloe pulled her left leg out of the swamp. Why didn't I say it as good as that on my own program? Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGeehan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E. Tide. And now from Metro-Golden-Mayer, the star of our show, Red Skelton. If we were smart, we'd wind up the show where Durante left off just now. <laughs> Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Rod? I'm fine. You look happy, right? I am. Today I was made honorary fire chief of Lima, Ohio. Well, bully for you. Huh? Uh, but tell me, chief. <laughs> you know what to do in case of a fire? Uh, do I? Just the other morning I woke up and I found my house full of smoke. What did you do? Well, let's turn a page and find out. <laughs> my head. First, I threw all of our valuable things from the upstairs window, and then I ran all over the house looking for the children. Gee, did you find them? Yeah, they were out in the kitchen helping my wife, Georgia, scrape the toast. Georgia cook for you? Huh? Does Georgia cook for Oh, you? yeah, she worships me. She puts burnt offerings in front of me three times a day. <laughs> well, I think it's swell that you were made a fire chief, but uh, you better read up on the duties of a fireman so you won't be so embarrassed if you ever flash that fireman's badge at the wrong time. What do you mean? I used to be a rookie fireman. Ever tell you about the first fire I went to? No. Ever tell you about the last one? No. Same fire. <laughs> No kidding, I was a rookie fireman, and you should see what they make those guys go through. I had to climb a 200-foot ladder, and when I get up the top, they want me to jump in a net, you know? Really? You know it's harder to climb down a ladder than it is to climb up. <laughs> Some fire chief you are. Uh, look, wise guy, I'm a good fire chief. How do you think I got this honor in the first place? Well, you got it because this is National Radio Week, and yeah. station WLOK of Lima, Ohio, is mm -hmm. celebrating it by letting the youth of the city run their stations. Yeah, and it uh, seemed that these young radio executives decided to have a Red Skelton Day, and yeah. so you made you the fire chief. <laughs> Windy old bird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rod, don't you think it's wonderful when the adults let the uh, younger citizens take part of uh, civic affairs? Yes, because it lets the youngsters know the adults are really their buddies. Yeah, you know, my mother was always a buddy to me. Really? I remember the time she took me to the baseball game. We walked there, and the time we got to the park, she was too tired to climb over the fence. <laughs> 
I'll let you. I could, but too bad it wasn't in there. When you were a kid. Yeah, I was a problem kid of the neighborhood. Every time I showed my face, all the other kids would run. Of course, they never caught me, though. <laughs> you remember your first fight? Yeah, I remember. I used to always fight. I'd take off my coat, show my chest, and get a mash note from a washboard. <laughs> I had a colorful childhood, though. Very colorful. Mm -hmm. kid, some kid would call me yellow, and I'd start a fight. Next thing I know, I'd be black and blue. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Funny on paper here. <laughs> but all kidding aside, I'd like to have a recording of those kids in Lima, Ohio, running that radio. Me station. too. I can just 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 hear the kids getting on the air tonight saying, "Ah, oh, there's bad news tonight. <laughs> Russia just gave the world 24 hours to get out." <laughs> That's the way radio ordinarily is, but tonight with those kids is going to be, "Ah, oh, there's good news tonight. No school tomorrow." <laughs> Well, there's a brilliant line in it. <laughs> Anybody bring an air wick with them? <laughs> Say, uh, Red, speaking of Russia, I see where they told the UN that uh, when they held an election, everybody voted. Yeah, everybody votes in, in Russia. It's either go to the polls and vote for Joe or go to Siberia and shovel snow. <laughs> Any soap? Yes, any soap. No soap. No other suds. No other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E, Tide. Yes, it's true. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, any other suds, any other washing product known. You know, Tide works this miracle on your whole family wash top to bottom. Linens, work clothes, everything. You see... Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film, too. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is safe. Yes, truly safe for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide takes gay checks, stripes, and pastels and really revives those soap-dulled colors, actually brightens them. As for white sheets, towels, and shirts, well, in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. And Tide keeps them white, too, week after week, never turns them yellow. Yes, there certainly are a lot of good washing products on the market, but remember this. Tide and only Tide offers you this wonderful combination. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to say that on Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to be on this NBC station that you're listening to now. I've just joined the cast of Hollywood Star Time sponsored by the Elgin Watch Company on NBC Thanksgiving Day. And now the four knights will sing uh, You Were Only Fooling. Fooling around, kidding around When you knew all the time that you Were only fooling I was falling in love It's a story as old as Adam and Eve I was making love, but you were making believe You lied to me with kisses I've tried to stop dreaming of But you were only fooling me 
Skelton Television Theater Group presents What Has Happened to Our Neighborhood Theater. Have you ever met people who go to the theater and argue with the cashier about the price of admission? Well, you will sooner or later. Good evening, sir. Uh, Come and start, lady. What am I going to cost to see the pitch? <laughs> What's that? I'm going to say, uh, what am I going to cost to see the pitch? You mean, uh, what is the admission? Sacramento, California. That's what am I saying. <laughs> What's the matter? You no speak English? What are you taking me for? One dollar and ten cents. No, no, I, you no understand. See, I'm all alone. I know got my wife and the ten bambinos with me tonight. I only want one a seat, not a splinter more. That is the price of one seat, a dollar ten. Look, lady, I'm a no one to buy the seat. I've got a week back. I got a no way to take it home. And now, how much am I going to cost to see the pitch? I see the pitch. I leave the seat. I go home. What's the pitch going to cost? <laughs> Please, lady, this is a no time for a romance. <laughs> All I'm want to see is the pitch. So what does it cost to see the pitch? A dollar ten is the price for general admission. Oh, well, how about a knocking off 50 cents? I was only a private. <laughs> One dollar ten, you say, just to set and to see the pitch? Tell me, what's it playing? A double fracture? <laughs> Tonight, we also have television. Television? Mmm, first of us. Ooh, who's wrestling? <laughs> you I and me, if you don't Italian, stop asking don't questions. <laughs> now, look. Hmm? You'll see just one feature. Oh. Well, maybe the pitch costs so much to see because it's no in a black and a white, huh? Well, it isn't a technicolor picture, if that's what you mean. It's a black and white pitch? <laughs> For a buck to ten... Yes. I'm a set in the seat. I leave a seat. I see the pitch. I go home. A buck ten, huh? Yes. What's the name of the pitch? <laughs> Doctor Kildare. That's a no good. I'm a no pay a buck ten. That's a no good. I'm a no go to the theater. If I'm a going to pay a dollar ten to see a doctor, if he's got to be at least a specialist, come by. <laughs> And now Dave Rose and his Procter & Gamble Orchestra will play Lady Be Good. And by the way, the residents of Southern California will have the opportunity of hearing Dave Rose and his orchestra in person. 
On Wednesday, November 24th, they will appear at the Los Angeles Philharmonic Auditorium. Thursday, November 25th, at the Long Beach Auditorium. And Saturday, November 27th, at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. Now Dave plays Lady Be Good. Tide is different, I mean it's different from any other washing product you can name. That includes soaps, new such discoveries, every other known product made for washing clothes. And why is Tide different? Simply because Tide washes clothes cleaner than any other product known. You see, Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film too. Yes, Tide has all this cleaning power, and yet just think, it's safe. Truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide actually brightens soap dull colors. And when it comes to white things, why in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Oh, you can tell Tide is different the minute you see those suds. They look and feel different. And they bellow up amazingly even in hardest water. Yes, and you'll see the difference in your wash line too. Because Tide and only Tide gives you all this. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. Ladies and 
gentlemen, I would like to announce that by special request next week, we are going to repeat The Baby Factory. And now, a page from The Mean Little Kid's Diary. You know, fear is a very little word, but it's very important. It's been known to ruin persons' chances of success, and it's even conquered nations. And yet fear is usually started in some innocent way, as it was with Junior, the mean little kid. Junior, is that you? Does that answer your question? <laughs> Where have you been? Well, I've been playing with Jack Berry and the juvenile jury kids and little Gainsey, the dog. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, good heavens, Junior. Your clothes are all torn, yes. your face is scratched. I'm a mess, ain't I? There's a bump on your head. Yes. And you say you've been playing? Yes, we were playing department store and I was wanting to bargain. <laughs> You get so beaten up, they Mr. Marked Bargain. They marked me down. Is that why you look so frightened? No, our club, the Parents Anonymous, had a meeting today. Parents Anonymous? Yes. What on earth is that? Well, it's a club I joined to take the cure for annoying parents, see? Now, like, you can always, uh, you can always spare a dollar for a bottle of castor oil, but you is always out of nickels when the ice cream man goes by. <laughs> You're always saying, go to bed, go to sleep, go to bed, go to sleep. We're not sleeping. And you're forever saying, wash your hand and face, wash your hand and face, and you're not even dirty. Just comfortably cake is all. Try taking the cure from that. You still haven't told me why you look so frightened. Well, today was the election day, and I was elected. I, I won by 25 votes, and that's pretty good, considering none of us kids can count. <laughs> What office were you elected to? I is now the head stinker of the skunk patrol. <laughs> and what are your duties? Well, I will be a widow skunk until I do a real good deed or something brave, see? And then I'll become a big skunk or maybe the captain of the airwicks. <laughs> but you gotta, I gotta do something real brave first. Well, you know? that should be easy. Yes. Why don't you just admit to Grandma that it was you who stole the pumpkin pie from the back porch? Oh, no, I'm sorry, kiddo. Suicide is not bravery. <laughs> Besides, they already told me what to do. I have to go visit the witch man. The witch man? Yes. Who's he? He's the man that lives in the shack down by the creek. You know the little man? Well, that? you can just forget that idea. But I can't forget the idea. I am a member of the skunk patrol, and if I fail, they'll get wind of it. <laughs> I won't have you going near that dirty old shack. Suppose the old man is crazy. Are you two discussing Junior's grandfather again? <laughs> no, this is a sober discussion, and any sober discussion lets Gramps out. Well, what's the discussion? Oh, well, he's got the childish idea that he won't be brave no. if he won't visit that old man who lives in the shack down by the creek. Yes, that's right. Well, why shouldn't he visit yeah. the old man? Yeah, why should he be? Everybody says he's diabolical and, and scares the daylights out of people. So what? They've said worse than that about Junior. Yes. <laughs> but this old man in the shack, why, people say he's a witch man. Oh, of all the stupid oh, remarks. Oh, your stupid remarks. My dear, this is 1948. Yes, this is 1948. Only about 50 more years and we'll find out if Buck Rogers is a liar or not. <laughs> My dear, my dear mother, you know, witchcraft went out when Grandma was just a little girl. Yes, I was ten at the time. Junior! 
witchcraft was over 200 years ago. Oh, then you must have been about three, huh? <laughs> no, five. It was the year Aunt Minnie was burned at the stake. Junior! <laughs> you scare me like that! Well, will you stop leading me into those foolish statements? No. Now, Lorene, if the boy has an obligation to perform, it's up to us to encourage him. Yes. Do you want the boy to appear as a coward in the eyes of his little friends? Yeah, in the eyes well, of his no. Oh, Lorene. I remember once when you were faced with the same problem. Oh. You had to kiss a boy in the high school play. <laughs> remember? Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to old Big Lips. <laughs> His mother says he plays oboe in Dave Rose's orchestra. You know, now that I look at him, he does look like a hobo. Oboe, not hobo. Oh, well, look, I don't have to kiss this old man. All I gotta do is walk up to his shack and shake hands with him, that's all. Very well, then, I'll go with you. No, no, I have to go alone, I have to go alone, but I'm not sold on the idea. I'd rather go see the three musketeers. Well, now, I'll tell you what. I'll go with you as far as the gate, and you can go in by yourself. Mother, I hope you know what you're doing. I most certainly do. I'll be killing this stupid fear he has of a boogeyman. Well, if that's all you're trying to kill, okay, kiddo. Well, we're almost here. Now, just in case there's any trouble, you just call Nama, and I'll come a-flying. Yes, and you just the old blimp that could do the too. Don't hit me. It sure is dark here, ain't it, Nama? No. Hmm? The trees make it appear that way. Nama, look, 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 look. Stop that, Junior. You're looking at an owl. Oh, I thought you didn't put your makeup on. I thought it was you. (laughs) Junior. Is that an owl? Yes. Funny place to have a drugstore in. (laughs) Well, there's the old gentleman's shack. Yeah, there's the shack, all right. This is where I leave you, kiddo. Yes, Junior. Uh, You've got the rest of the way to go alone. That's right. I got the rest of the way to go alone. When I get home, when shall I tell them they will expect you? (laughs) Junior, you come back here. Now, you just go up and knock on that door, and when the old man opens the door, will he be surprised? He certainly will, boy. Because all he's going to see is me two empty shoes standing there all the time. Go on, Junior. Okay, I'll go. What's wrong? I decided to join the Boy Scouts. Junior, I'm not going to stand for this. I don't want you to be afraid of anything. Besides, what an awful way to treat one of your neighbors. I'll tell you what. Why? You know that big fruitcake I baked for Christmas? Yes. Well, you go in there. Yes. And when we get home... Yes. I'll let you look at it again. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, Sporty. Thanks. Now, go on. Okay, I'll go. You don't have to push me, though. I'm not afraid. No. What if he cuts me head off, though? I better take me bubble gum out of my mouth. I don't want to lose that, too. Nemo, 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 Nemo. Now what's the matter? This place is haunted. I just saw a white body standing here without a head, feet or hands, and had his arms out ready to grab me. What an imagination. Where is it? Over here, over here. There, there. Oh, oh, no. Junior, that's only a pair of long underwear on the clothesline. Oh. Now, you listen to me, dear. You're just like other people who have fear built up in their minds. 
You're frightened because you want to be. Okay, I'll go, but I wish I was taller and my legs would be longer and I could run faster. Oh, let's go home. No, no, I will go in. I will go in. Well, here I is. I'll open the gate. Well, this is my lucky day. It's locked. But that's kind of a silly excuse for not going in because there's no fence around the place. <laughs> Boy, this place sure does look run down. Maybe it's the White House. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what it is, the White House. What is it? Is that you, Harry? I mean, uh... <laughs> Hello, Sonny. Hello. This is a welcome surprise. What brings you here? Well, I have to interview the old witch man. Well, there's no such person here. No? Just me, a lonely old man who needs the warmth of a neighbor. Well, where does you keep it? Keep what? The big black kettle you boil us little kids in. (laughs) Why, I don't boil little kids. You don't mean to say you eat us raw? (laughs) Goodness. No, of course not. I'm afraid you're like all the other little kids in the neighborhood. Oh, well, I don't mind. I'm used to it. You are? Won't you come in, young man? Yes, sir. Welcome to Inner Sanctum. (laughs) Did you ever listen to the radio? Yes. Boy, I'm dying to see Mr. District Attorney raid Inner Sanctum and kill the whistler. Oh, boy. (laughs) So you thought I was a boogeyman? Well, I... (laughs) Don't you ever let anybody put such silly ideas as that into your young head. Because if you do, it's your very first lesson in fear. And one little fear can make you a coward. You mean there's no such thing as a goat? Well, I've never seen one, have you? Well, not exactly. Oh, sometimes Grandpa looks like a ghost when he floats home full of spirits. That's about it. <laughs> well, I gotta go now. I'm sorry us little kids talked about you the way we just... Oh, what a nice fishing pole. Have you ever done any fishing? Oh, yes. I went fishing last summer with my Nama and my Grandpa and my Mommy. And, and I caught a fish. It was about three feet... No, it was about four feet. Oh, it's no, about... no, no. Well, let me finish. Let me finish. I caught a fish. He was about five feet from the bank. Oh. <laughs> well, Sonny, you come down someday and I'll take you fishing. And bring your grandmother along, too. Oh, does you know me, Grandma? No, but that isn't, isn't that her over there with the tree hiding behind her? <laughs> or... Is there another program you'd like to go on and try to read that? <laughs> well, thanks for being so nice. Uh, boy, will the kids be surprised when I tell them you're not a boogeyman. You're so nice. You well, mean. thank you, son. I'll I guess be... more people should get to know their neighbors, you know. <laughs> you're right. And I'll be very grateful if you do tell those children. Oh, I will, I will. Oh, here. This is a poem I wrote. Oh, really? Yes, and I want you to have it. Well, thank you very much, but this is rather embarrassing. See, I don't think I can read it. I come off without me ABC. Oh. <laughs> well, I understand, son. You have your grandmother read it to you sometimes. Well, I'll try to if I can ever get her to put that racing form down long enough. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Uh, what was your name? Faith. Faith. Pat Faith. Oh, well, goodbye, Mr. Faith. Goodbye, son. And here I am safe and sound, and he was the nicest old man. Well... <laughs> I'm interested in his welfare. Huh? Well, he wasn't what you thought he was, now no, was he? No, no. <laughs> he didn't frighten you, did he? No, he didn't frighten me, but I think when I left, we both was pretty much relieved, you know. <laughs> Here, he gives me a poem to read, Nama. Would you read it to me? And I'll walk along with you. All right, dear. Yeah? 
Let's see. It says, um, In our town once lived a lovable gent, but he was feared by the children wherever he went. Seems parents started a rumor to frighten the kids and said he'd get them for the bad things they did. So frightened grew these wee little tots, they didn't know the do's from the do-nots. They tortured the old gent by making it clear he was wicked and bad, even his house was a fear. He grew very lonely, but stayed in his place. But oh, how he longed for the smile on the face of the little ones who passed him with terrified eyes. And his eyes were wet too when the little ones cried. For he knew this fear about the boogeymen would pass from him to another condemned. They'll say, if you're not good, the cop on the beak will get you and stomp you with his big flat feet. Yes. All through life, fear will make a date. Once in the child's mind, well, then it's too late. Because fear will grow like a poisonous weed and kill off the love so that hate can succeed. I'll be a good American and always remember that, Namor. Tonight, we hope you liked our program. We'll have to do this next week. So, until next Friday, this is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Ed and the Brzezaki for the wonderful script. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Production.